I'm Elise Liffring. And I'm Damien Fowler. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English. We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing, and this week we sit down with Robert Lambrex, Chief Creative Officer at ad agency Pereira Odell. Robert was the 15-year-old agency's first ever employee. An award-winning writer, Lambrex has worked on everything from global campaigns, like Coca-Cola's A Magic Thank You, to Hollywood films, like The Dreams of Emma Bloom. In that time, Pereira Odell has made a name for itself within the highly competitive agency marketplace, working with brands like Mini, Adobe, Stella Artois, and recently wins like IHOP. Most recently, Pereira Odell, alongside Partner Service Plan, was named 2022 Independent Agency Network of the Year at the Cannes Lion Festival of Creativity. Robert sits down with the current podcast to talk all about his creative career, his Hollywood writing chops, candid thoughts on the emergence of AI, and something called a secret brief. In an industry where there's always a lot of movement, you've been at Pereira Odell for more than 15 years, first as a copywriter, as like the first hire on the team, and for the then last roughly six years as chief creative officer, what has compelled you to stay at the agency for so long? Oh my gosh. Truthfully, when the agency started, uh, I got a call from PJ in the middle of the night. I'd moved to New York. I have a call from him in the middle of the night, asked me if I wanted to join. Uh, I said, no, thank you. He called me back two weeks later. And for whatever reason, I changed my mind, said, sure. And that the, the plan, honestly, was like, I'll do this for five years and find out what it's like to, to start something. Five years turned into 15, apparently. Um, my personal philosophy and the way I like to work just has lined up with uh, I found a group of people who who feel um, the same way, and the the first slide on the first uh, presentation that we ever made was this idea of what if advertising were invented today, and it's just this this philosophy of let's not have off the shelf solutions for every problem. Let's bring any new media, any new type of tool that are available today to solve this problem. Let's bring it to solve the problem. And you know, early on in your career you had an important realization about what it means to follow like creative mentors and their like leadership. Can you tell us about that and perhaps how it has like shaped the way you go about your own career? There's an interesting thing that happens as a, I think as a creative, you go from doing the work and like being super passionate about the thing that you're doing and having this idea and wanting to take it all the way through and, you know, like really fighting for that. And then one day they give you the title of creative director and don't really tell you that everything you did before is different now, uh, that management and leadership is a much different beast than, than the day-to-day creative, which kind of got you to where you wanted to be. And so it took me, frankly, a long time to understand what kind of creative director, what kind of leader I wanted to be, or I was best at. I think there's kind of two kinds of leaders. If you think about it, I'm, this is not original for me. I probably said multiple times, but um, 
I think there's people who are really good at being inspirational and having like really big vision and like really getting people like super duper inspired. And that's very, very important. That's not exactly who I am. I think there's the other style, the other style of leadership, which is more of the people who kind of sit down next to you and really work things out. Um, and it's really more of a, you get down in it with, with people. And I think there's a need for both and one is not better or more important than the other. Um, I happen to work with, I think, you know, PJ Pereira is extremely inspirational. And I think for a long time, I was doing what I would call a uh, very poor PJ Pereira impersonation. And that really wasn't working. And it, it took a while for me to just realize that's not what I needed to do. What I needed to do is more embrace who I am and the the leadership style that I think works best for me and works best for the people I think around me. I'm pretty clear, I'm pretty direct, I'm pretty transparent. One way or another, people know where I where I stand and and what I'm I'm thinking. And I always I try and take the the mentality that I'm very very fortunate to work with a lot of extremely smart, talented, and and frankly, most of them more creative than I am. And if I'm not getting what I think we need, it's my fault because I'm not articulating the vision clear enough for them. I'm not providing the feedback that is required to get to where we need to go. And that's that's really kind of the, the leadership style I try and embrace. I love that. I want to ask you about, you know, the, the last 15 years, you know, while you've been at Pereira Odell, We've also seen the tech landscape change dramatically. You know, we've had the iPhone, Netflix, streaming, Amazon, retail media networks uh, like Walmart. I mean, there's so many new destinations now for creative work. I'm wondering if that fact changes the way creative agencies operate. It's almost hard to, to think about how dramatically the media landscape has changed if, if it lasts five years, less, much less last last fifteen years, I think what you you're you're bringing up is a lot of people get upset about what they would say is the decline of the relevancy of an agency. But frankly, I think that's that's our own fault. We basically didn't adapt to technology quickly enough, and <laughs> we got it handed to us by a bunch of other industries um, and companies. However, I will say, as long as agencies can try and adapt more to the technology and the the different channels that are out there, I'm actually optimistic about the roles that agencies can play in the landscape. What's exciting you about the kind of work that's being produced today? Anything you'd point to? Part of the exciting thing of working today is just the sheer explosion of creativity in all walks of life from all different kinds of people and the the ability for people who would have never thought themselves creative to do something creative right like that is just way more prevalent than it's ever been to me i can't necessarily point to exact things there but just as a space that i think is 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 exciting and i say this hoping that uh they haven't been banned by the time this podcast comes out. But I think the TikTok space is actually very fascinating because it it feels like a a truly new medium that 
the, the language hasn't been developed and it to me feels like a low risk place for brands and creatives to, to experiment and honestly have some fun. You know, on the total 180 of that, I've been thinking about the new movie Air, the story of the, you know, Air Jordans. I mean, that's an ad, like it's a big ad, right? And I haven't seen it yet, but all the reviews and everything I've, I've read of it have been extremely positive, which to me just says, if you have a brand that people like and they like spending time with, they will spend a lot of time with it. And then if you combine that with really interesting storytelling, right, you can do some interesting stuff. Definitely. There's, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. I feel like we're just like starting in that area in some ways almost. <laughs> The entertainment industry right now, basically nothing gets made unless it has some level of awareness, like original, original stories. It's really hard to get off the ground. And entertainment is kind of running out of IP, right? Like we're almost to the bottom of the comic book character realm. Um, so they're going to have to start looking other places. And I, the opportunity is there. They Brands have cultural awareness. And then I think if you can combine that with some interesting storytelling, you can do some really amazing stuff. And, uh, you know, I hear there's something called like a secret brief that you develop. We have at, at Burrow what we like to call uh, the secret brief. Um, and it's really more of a question we ask our client partners. And it's it really gets to like, what is the emotional drive for them underneath what, what they're doing. Why do they get excited to get up and go to work in the morning? What's the thing that, that's sort of driving them? And it's always the thing that you would never put down on a piece of paper because your colleagues would think you're insane. For example, we had one client say, you know, if they had to, they had to say what they were after, they would just want their teenage son to think they worked at a cool company. Or another client with, you know, who had the, uh, works with a, a big, franchisee network was saying that they, you know, the, the goal would be to be like carried out of the, um, a dealer meeting by the dealers, which is different than a lot of other things. Right. So it's getting to the heart of what, what motivates them in a way that, um, like I said, if they wrote it down on the brief and sent that to an agency, people would think they're crazy, but it's, it really is like, what, what's at the heart of things? You have a new client in IHOP. And IHOP is such a classic, you know, American brand. It's been around for decades. Can you tell us about, you know, just re-energizing that in on such like a legacy background? It is really a truly iconic American brand. And in a lot of ways, it's really kind of an honor to to work on it because it it really means so much to a lot of people's lives. It is not just like a restaurant that they go to. It, it's really a space that like brings them joy and they connect with their family. And it, it means, you know, a lot to people. The, the question is like, how do you basically energize that brand without uh, alienating the people who loved it? And I think we're, we're fortunate to, to work with a really ambitious client who really has a, a clearly articulated vision for what the 
brand is and its its role in in culture. And our job is to bring that to life in all different kinds of, of spaces, whether that's on TV, in restaurant, in their social channels, um, whatnot. So like we're we're really focused on, you know, just giving that brand energy so it's always in front of people and it's top of mind when they're not just thinking about breakfast when they're just hungry when when you're talking about a legacy brand like that you're sort of looking back and building i guess on the things that they've already established but also then trying to throw it forward i mean you're at an interesting point between you know history and the future you i guess you have the there's a sense of responsibility there as well from your part oh yeah absolutely the like, like i was saying like i have means genuinely means something to a lot of people more broadly i think a lot of what we like to do in general at the agency like colliding the old and the new and so i think when you start like bringing things together like that that's where you find really really interesting things uh, that are possible what would you say makes for an ideal client early on in my career I was sort of enamored with the logos, right? Oh, I want to work on that bread or it'd be so great to work on that brand or whatever. And then it's a bit of like the don't meet your heroes thing where you do that. And it's like, oh, that, that wasn't what I was expecting it to be. So, you know, I, I think as I've grown and as I've, you know, just worked in this industry for a long time, the thing that you realize it's really about the people. And I think the people that we work best with frankly, are ambitious. We work, I think, really well. And I personally really like working with people who, right, who want to to do something different or to do something interesting, aren't happy with the, the way things are, are going, really have the ambition to do something bigger. The draw of coming to work at, at, at Peradel is you, you have big ambitions and we can, we can help you achieve them. The agency itself has quite big ambitions. And I know in, in 2015, you know, you did your first uh, movie project, a short film called The Dreams of Emma Bloom that you wrote and co-directed. Can you, can you talk a little bit about this project and, you know, how it drew you in and how that contributes to, you know, your vision, your creativity? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the agency has always had really big uh, ambitions. It's, it's funny. Um, when we started, we were five people working basically in an abandoned bar in Soma in, in San Francisco. And we honestly thought we were the greatest advertising agency that had ever happened. Like there was not a doubt in our mind. We've, we've never, I don't think, been afraid to, to push into different areas, whether that be different spaces in advertising or, or different spaces in entertainment. You know, you, you mentioned the dreams of Emma Bloom. I don't even know exactly where it started, but it was it was the opportunity to do something different, and I learned quite a bit actually from that that experience. That has also just applied to um, other projects that we've been working in the the entertainment space. And you know, I randomly had the opportunity uh, to to write a book for a, a project a long time ago. The agency had a a project called Rolling Words. To launch a Snoop Dogg album, we created a songbook of Snoop Dogg's lyrics printed on um, rolling papers, and a pub like a publisher found that and wanted to wanted to do it. But the the song lyrics are 
that's a rights nightmare. So they were looking for something else in the the cannabis space. And uh, me and a creative director, Estefanio Holtz, who now works at BBH, um, had this idea to create something called high art, which was essentially the idea is art is confusing. Weed can help. And it was essentially paired different strains of weed and gummies and whatever with different artworks to help them make sense. And that was another opportunity that I, I had uh, to do. What's the name of the book? High Art, currently on sale on Amazon for perfect gift for someone, friendship you value at $15. Okay, great. I'm going to get that straight away. <laughs> you guys have also done um, branded entertainments. You've won an Emmy, which is crazy for outstanding new approach to television, which unless I'm wrong, this made the agency the first to win an Emmy against like traditional TV programming. Can you tell us like yeah. about that film and maybe why it was so successful? We created this film for Intel. It was called The Beauty Inside. I want to uh, be clear that I wasn't necessarily directly involved with that that project. That was uh, Jason Epeliski, current executive creative director at POD, and Jamie Robinson, who is the founder of, of Joan, uh, the two of them. Were, were really the fundamental drivers of that project. But essentially, it was this amazing idea that they had. It's a story of a, a, a guy who wakes up every day as a different person. And it was for Intel and Toshiba. And so every day, he basically recorded who he was in the previous day on the laptop. And what that did was actually allowed for the audience to play a role. So we put out all the different characters that people could play and the people just film their own video of it. And then we collected those and used some of them in the actual film. It became a feature film in Korea. It was also turned into a TV series in Korea. And then I think has been, I think is coming back to the United States as a piece of IP. So. Has, has had an, an interesting, interesting life. Would you say there is any like emergent areas of advertising or creative that you're like maybe the most interested in right now? I know like AI and chat GPT are all the rage. Yeah, I guess we were, we're contractually obligated to have a conversation about <laughs> AI. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> the AI issue is an interesting one. It's, it, it's pretty amazing how quickly it's become something, right? If you think about what we were talking about last year at this time, it was all metaverse and NFTs and whatever, and that seems to have gone completely away. And now we're like somehow like it's all AI all all the time. You know, personally, I I, I will never understand humanity's drive to to make itself obsolete with this technology. But given that, you know, it's, it's not going anywhere and it's, it's coming faster than I think anyone can get their hands around, you know, it is going to fundamentally change everything that we do from the way that we get insights, you know, you can get insights strategically much faster to the way, uh, ideas come about to how they're produced. So this is all going to, you know, really fundamentally change. And we're really, 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 really at the the very, 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 very beginning of it. And it's almost impossible to tell where it's going. You know, my my biggest concern about it all is is really like 
if you think about, you know, where search was however long ago, right? There was Google and then there was Bing and then there was Yahoo and there was these different, and they all, they, there was a bunch of different options, which basically essentially just became Google. That same thing happening with AI, I think is, is relatively concerning that basically we're all going to have one thing thinking for us uh, is concerning. And, you know, I would hope that we sort of learned our lesson from the early internet. You know, everyone was like, no one thought anything bad would ever happen with the internet. It's like, this thing is amazing. What bad could ever happen with this? And we were very, we weren't skeptical of the, the technology at all. So I'm just hoping we as, as people, as communities, governments approach this with some degree of, of skepticism to, to try and, you know, not let it get out of control. Yeah. I, somebody had sent, you know, the songwriter Nick Cave, a song that they'd asked ChatGPT to create in his style. And he, he said it was a grotesque mockery of what it means to be human. <laughs> Creativity requires our humanness. And I, I, he said that, and I, I agree with that. So in that sense, I think we still have value. We'll always have value, right? It's just, it, I do think it will kind of call into question what is creativity. I mean, I, I think there's a way to look at creativity, frankly, that is, if you, it, it, looking at it more statistically, it's just like the least likely outcome that someone could come to, right? So if you give 100 people a problem, 98% of them are going to come up with the same solution. It's those 2% that come up with something different that we term as creativity, right? That's a creative solution to that. What AI is doing now is really just recapping what we've already known back to us. So I think a lot of it feels very bland and frankly, not all that interesting. A lot of times when you mess around with this stuff, but it doesn't mean it won't be able to get to that 2%. And that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next time we'll have Lee Walsh, the global head of media at Uber. If somebody's an Uber consumer, for them to use all the relevant products which we offer. And for me, when I joined Uber, I just didn't realize how deep the app was and everything that we had to offer. So really the overarching goal of Uber One is to make our most loyal consumers feel valued and to reward them. But then also to try and make those consumers use all aspects of our product. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Fussy. And remember, as long as agencies can try and adapt more to the technology and the, the different channels that are out there, I'm actually optimistic about the roles that agencies can play in the landscape. I'm Elise. I'm Damien. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>